You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So you're ready for the Word of God? Please stand to your feet. If you're visiting with us for the very first time, we do a declaration. We declare the Word of God before we preach the Word of God. Our members know it off by heart. We have many testimonies of people just being delivered, saved, when they've made this declaration at gunpoint, just making this declaration and people just walking away. Amen. So there's power in the Word of God. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm a son of God revealed. I'm blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I'm saved. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm a life-giving spirit. I accept his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection power in my life. I'm bound to his word and can do what it says I can do. I receive the word with meekness and I'm changed from glory to glory. I have the God kind of faith. I'm the righteousness of God and will never be the same. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Amen. As you take your seat, look to the person next to you and say, your smile looks better than the last time I saw you. Tell them you look gorgeous without a mask. Amen. If you're still wearing a mask, if you want to wear a mask, that's your own decision. Amen. Maybe it's a good decision for you. Amen. Good to see the faces. Hallelujah. Today, I want to continue to minister on courageous faith. We had the book launch two weeks ago, Courageous Faith, and I'm I'm just teaching a little bit on it so that your faith can be stirred up. Amen. I want to talk about the most challenging part, the most courageous part of faith. Are you ready for that? The biggest battles that you will fight in life are not those on the outside, but those on the inside, those in your heart. Galatians 5 verse 6 says that faith works through love. Faith works through love. This is the secret ingredient of faith. Faith works through love. Love towards God and love towards people. Love towards God, love towards people. The cross, the first post up to heaven. Loving God, loving people. Courageous faith. To let that faith work through love. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians 13, he says... Though I can speak the language of angels, but I do not have love, I've become like sounding brass, a clanging cymbal. Says, though I can prophesy, I have deep revelation and understanding of the word of God. I have faith to move mountains. But I do not have love. Says I'm nothing. Says though I give all my goods, I become the biggest giver. I'm known as the person helping everybody. I feed the poor. I'm even prepared to become a human sacrifice to to become a martyr, to be burned. But I do not have love, it profits me nothing. Because then you're doing all those things for selfish reasons and it's not motivated out of love. Say, Aina. Because sometimes we do a lot of things And people will see it and people will say it's great. But Paul is saying here, though you've got all of this, you can prophesy, you can move mountains, you have deep revelation, understanding of the word of God, revelations that people desire to hear. He says, but I do not have love. I'm nothing. The end of the day when everything is over, 
that we love God enough, that we love people enough. We should be very careful, especially in these last days, not to take offense. Why is offense so dangerous? Because offense has an impact on your spirit. Your spirit must be free to be able to communicate with God. Your spirit is your heart and your heart is your spirit. That's why God requires of us a pure heart. That part that's linked up with God. Everything on the outside can look great, but what's going on in the inside? Heart is the life of man, but the life of the heart is love. Heart, your heart gives life to man. If your heart stops beating, you cannot live. But the thing that makes your heart live is love. Amen? Your heart. Troubles that people face in their hearts. The Bible says a merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. When your heart is heavy, your face is sad. When your heart is happy, your face is happy. Amen? But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. By sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. Proverbs 17.22 says, But a broken spirit dries the bones. You know, when your heart is heavy, you just feel like, <sighs> when somebody has said bad things about you, You've been in an argument with him. Am I talking to the right people? Some of you still got heavy hearts because of things teachers told you when you were in grade four. Don't raise your hand. A parent, an uncle, somebody in authority saying something that broke your heart, broke your spirit. Proverbs 18, 14 says, a man's spirit will sustain him in sickness. When you are sick and your spirit is strong, give strength to your body. But who can bear a broken spirit? When somebody thinks, ah. You know what's the truth? Offense can break your heart. Offense can break your heart. Disappointment can break your heart. The Friday when we had the book launch, the Saturday, somebody called me and they said, they're so encouraged by the book. I said, thank you. What's encouraging you? He says, the fact that you share with us that you as a pastor have gone through difficult times. I thought pastors never go through difficult times. I'm thinking, what? <laughs> I said, we often go through more challenges than congregation members. Everybody face challenges. We come to church and we say we love God, but in our hearts we hate a brother. You cannot love and hate at the same time. You cannot focus on failure and success at the same time. Turn to the person next to you, look at them and I say, what's going on in your heart? So what do you do when you're offended? So I want to talk a little bit about this. I want to talk about the fruit, because many times I talk to somebody and they say, brother, it looks like you're offended. I'm not offended. But everything about your countenance is showing us you're offended. Your bones look dry. Everything looks out of place. So let me tell you something about your heart. It's the communication point. Your heart is so wonderful. Because when it's full of the word of God, when you go through a tough time, the word of God will come out. But your heart will always snitch on you. <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, your heart will always snitch on you. 
Do you know why? Because the Bible teaches us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we just have to listen to what you are saying, then we know what's going on in your heart. Your heart will always snitch on you. So let's go to Hebrews 12, because many times people say, I'm not offended. So okay, we'll allow the word of God to discern whether you're offended or not. Because Luke 17 says, offense will come to everybody. That means everybody has had the opportunity to get offended. Not one amen. Because everybody's been offended. Offense has come to everybody, but you make a decision whether you want to take it or not. Hebrews 12. Let me get my glasses. Amen. That wonderful stage in my life where God keeps you humble. Amen. Hebrews 12, are you there? Verse 12. It says, Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down. Strengthen the hands which hang down. (sighs) Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet. So that that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. You know what? Offense will cause you to be dislocated. Offense will cause you not to find your rightful place in the body of Christ. Offense will cause you to make vows in your heart that will keep you from fulfilling your purpose in the body of Christ. Verse 14. Pursue peace with some people. Is that what the Bible says? Pursue peace with some, no, all people. All means all. Amen? So even that person that's really made you so angry that you feel like you're just going to do something stupid, the Bible says pursue peace with them. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not always easy to be a Christian. I want to talk to Christians today. I want to share with you the word of God and it's going to challenge you. But we have to be Christians. To be a Christian, I have to view everything in the light of God's word. I have to make this the standard for my life. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. Looking carefully Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Well, it says be careful that you don't fall short of the grace of God. What is the one thing that can disconnect you? Bitterness. Bitterness. Says, and by this, it causes trouble. People that are bitter are troublemakers. I'm I'm just reading the Bible. Says, and by this, many become defiled. What is he saying? He says, your heart will reveal if there's bitterness through what you say. The things that you declare. A matter of fact, let me give you a warning how serious bitterness is. Bitterness is at quite an advanced stage. Because the first thing that will happen is you'll take offense. You first get offended. Then resentment comes into your heart. You know what's resentment? When you just keep people at a distance. Just stay there. Just. Are you, I'm not offended, just stay away from me. <laughs> Proverbs 18 says, A man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. So it's offense, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred. So if you don't deal with that root of bitterness, the next thing is you'll start to hate somebody. You know, I told the people on Thursday when we had prayer, I was just sharing with them. 
more than 25 years ago when I was in ministry, still growing in the things of the Lord, want to serve Jesus with a pure heart, but getting very easily offended. Does it happen to you? Only happens to pastors. I must put it in my book next time to encourage somebody as well. But in any case, I told them the story. So now I'm in church and I want to worship. I'm saying, Jesus, I want to see you. Lord, reveal yourself to me. And all I'm seeing is this pastor's face here that I'm offended with. <laughs> Rebuke you, Satan. Get out. <laughs> Have you had moments like that? <laughs> because it's, it's not the devil. It's your heart. You're offended. Forgive the man. And it was something stupid. I mean, it's so insignificant. I don't even remember what it was. But it was at that time afterwards when I thought, you angry with the man because of this? Grow up. Be a Christian. Many of us want to see God. We want to receive from God, but you're so angry in your heart. You have hatred and bitterness, deep pain, deep hurt against people. Don't raise your hand. Just double blink. <laughs> but Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. In Luke 17, when the Bible says, offense will come to everybody, but woe, the person through whom the offense comes. You know what that means? You don't have to judge those that offend you because they're already judged. That's why don't be the cause of offense yourself. Amen? When Jesus said, forgive them, they don't know what they are doing. He was saying, forgive those that are offended and forgive those who are causing the offense. Forgive both of them, Lord. They don't know what they are doing. On page 104, I talk about hatred and bitterness and unforgiveness. Those things are handbrakes to your faith, to answered prayer. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. We need a free spirit to communicate with God. When you are offended... You just focus on the wrong that's been done to you. You concentrate on that. And you start looking at everything through the eyes of offense instead of looking at it through the eyes of grace. Who have you been super offended in your lives? It comes to everybody. Offense will multiply because of a lack of love. We have to ask God to fill our hearts with his love until it overflows to others. Some people are even offended with God. Don't raise your hand. Don't even blink. Because God sees your heart. He knows if you're offended. Amen. But sometimes we can get offended with God. But we have to be able to forgive the way that Jesus forgives us. So that you can have a future and a hope. Because Jesus does not consult your past in determining your future. We should put our past behind us and move forward. You know, Joseph. Joseph's brothers were offended with him, but he was never offended with them. They were offended because he was highly favored. But he was never offended with them. He faced offense many times. If you think you're going to write the offense test once and pass it and not write it again, you're in the wrong classroom. In the classroom of life, just when you think you've got it right, you might write that same test the next day. 
What is your dry pit? What is your dry pit? Can I tell you something? Joseph's greatest test was not the pit, was not the prison. His greatest test was not even Potiphar's wife. His greatest test was not to take revenge on his brothers when he could have done it and nobody would have known. That was the test that he wrote before God. Only God would have known what would have happened there. He could have given his servants instruction, kill them all. He could have blamed them. He could have said, you're the reason I had to go into the pit. You're the reason I ended up in prison. If you'd never killed that little goat and put the blood on my amazing jacket, ruined for life that I can never wear again, still trying to process that. <laughs> I love it when people say, I'm busy processing it. What does that mean? You're allowing the poison of offense just to run a little bit more through your system before you're going to forgive. <laughs> your heart is snitching on you. <laughs> I'm busy processing. It's just another word. I'm not ready to forgive. The Bible teaches us, Paul says, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. So let me just show you from the word of God Sometimes the enemy does not have to attack you. He just has to send a brother across your path that's going to offend you. A sister that's going to offend you. And then he's got you locked up. You cannot communicate, you cannot hear from God, and you're getting frustrated. We know the enemy's devices. We're not ignorant of his devices. Amen? Are you ready to hear some of those? Well, the Bible teaches us 1 John 2, 16, the things of this world, what the devil will use is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And the most dangerous of all those three is the pride of life. Pride is the most dangerous venom there is. Amen? The thing about pride is, it's so deceptive, you'll never know that you have got pride. Sometimes people will say, I'm, I'm so proud of myself because I've got such a humble heart. <laughs> Your heart just snitched on you. <laughs> Pride is one of the biggest enemies of love. The thing about pride and, and offense, they like to hold hands. And when the two of them agree... It's very difficult to communicate with that person because they usually want to isolate themselves. Leave me alone. Stay away from me. Like I said, Proverbs 18 verse 1 says, A man that isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. The thing is when you are offended in your heart, you will start to use your tongue to say what you feel in your heart. That's what Hebrews says. And you start to defile. Did you hear what this person did again? Not once, not twice. Ten times. And all you're doing is vomiting all these bad things. But all that you're actually doing is you're busy painting a picture of what's going on in your heart. Your words will paint a picture of what's going on in your heart. Let me hear you pray. Say, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me and touch my heart. Create in me a pure heart. Create in me a humble heart. Grant unto me a sincere heart. A heart that will not bear grudges. A heart that is quick to forgive. Cleanse my heart with your blood and make it as pure as yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, guard your heart. Yes, give the Lord a hand. The Bible says, guard your heart above all things. Above all things. We want to be Christians, but sometimes we just take the bait and we step into, into that trap. Amen. 2 Timothy 2. Where's my glasses? 
They, yeah, okay. <laughs> the kids sometimes laugh and we say, where's my glasses? Where's my glasses? Amen. I think I'm going to come to the prayer line. You can pray for my eyes to get better. Amen. 2 Timothy 2, verse 22. Flee also youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Can you see Christianity is all about the purity of our hearts? That's what it's all about. Keeping this heart pure right till the end. Verse 23. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Some of you, your new hobby is to go on social media and to look for somebody that you can just sort out that is saying something where you're not agreeing with them and you get involved in foolish and ignorant disputes. Don't raise your hand. It says avoid Foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to some. No, gentle to all. Able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, the devices of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Proverbs 13 verse 10, it says that strife is rooted in pride. Foolish and ignorant disputes causes strife. And strife is rooted in pride. Enough. Proverbs 13, the Passion Translation says that pride closes your ears. So that even when people want to talk to you and say what you're doing is not right, you'll not hear because you say, I know best. I know what they did to me. Did you see what they did? Am I talking to the right people here? The word cuts sometimes and it challenges so much. It says, avoid these arguments. It says, because when you get angry, common sense is not there anymore. And all that you are talking from is that hurt, that pain, that anger. And when there's hurting in your heart, you will hurt. Because hurting people hurt. He says what happens if you start to quarrel and to fight. I've just read the scripture. He says what you are doing is you lose your common sense and reasoning. And you surrender your will to the will of the devil. His will is to kill, steal, and destroy. How many times have you been in a fight or you've been angry and we kill hope in somebody's heart? Enough. Steal peace. Kill hope. Destroy a future through the words that we say. Next time when you want to quarrel, and fight with somebody. Ask yourself, is it really worth it to hand over my will to the devil? That's why have you noticed that when you fight as a Christian, even when you have a disagreement as a Christian, it just gets better and better and better. No, it doesn't get better. Because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So when you've surrendered to his way of doing things, you just steal hope, kill a future. Ask yourself next time, before you want to do that, is it really worth it? Obadiah 1 verse 3 says, the pride of my heart has deceived me. So pride will tell you, you're doing the right thing to sort out this person. Put them on their place. But your heart is deceiving you. Deception is when you think you're moving in the right direction, but you're moving in the wrong direction. 
Am I helping some of you here? Turn to the person next to you and say, I wanted you to say amen, but what came out of my heart was Aina. Why is pride so dangerous? Because James tells us that God resists the person who's got pride in his heart. We've all been at a place where we kicked our heels in the ground and say, well, no. It's my way or the highway. Don't raise your hand. Can you see the importance of guarding your heart? Because out of it flows the issues of life. If you still quarreling about somebody who did something wrong 10 years ago. It's not the person anymore. It's the bitterness in your heart. The Bible warns us that quarreling is a snare of the devil. Hebrew says that bitterness causes trouble. If you're always walking in and always the one causing the fight, Maybe it's not all the other people. Maybe it's your heart snitching on you. When we focus upon our senses, you've made me angry. I'm bitter. When you focus upon those things, you're taken captive by the devil to do his will. We're a Christian, but we're under the control of the devil because of anger. Not because you're a bad person, but just because you're allowing that anger to rule your heart. You know, I love it when people say, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. You know what, why don't you rather give me a piece of your spirit that's linked up with heaven? Because my mind is telling me enough what I've done wrong. I don't need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Amen? <laughs> Am I talking to the right people here? <laughs> give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> Next time, before you want to give somebody a piece of your mind, go find out what heaven is saying about them and give them a piece of your spirit. Say, brother, I know you're going through a tough time and you've messed up, but I'm going to pray for you. I've got heaven's opinion. I mean, what would we have said about Paul if everybody here to give Paul a little bit of your mind when he was persecuting the church? But if we had heaven's opinion, we would be praying for him, prophesying over him that God is going to use you as an instrument of grace and mercy. We would have prophesied over him, God is going to use you to write two-thirds of the New Testament. God is going to use you to share the message of grace. But if we wanted to give him a piece of our mind, offended because of what he was doing, we might have killed him. And we would have lost out on two-thirds of the New Testament. Amen. Some people say, I have no filter. You know, if you're filtering through offense, what you are saying is completely wrong. Why don't you filter it through some grace? Amen. <laughs> and have grace towards some people. Have mercy towards some people. I have no filter. That's actually just the way that you want to say what you want to say. Can I just say what you want to say? Amen? I'm very opinionated. Really. As long as your opinion lines up with the word of God, that's okay. But otherwise, your heart is snitching on you. Amen? Anybody can criticize. But it takes a woman and a man of God filled with the Holy Spirit to show the more excellent way. Amen? To make a decision to use this tongue for good. And not for evil. When you are communicating with people, you're either breaking down or you're building up. You're either depositing despair or hope into their hearts. You're either lifting up or you're breaking down. Be very careful. Sometimes you're just having a casual conversation, but people are listening very carefully. And those words can hurt. The NIV, the Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The New Living Translation says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. The truth is many of our problems, most of our problems, are tongue problems. 
things that you've said. How many, if I just didn't say that? Amen? We as Christians, we can sometimes talk very quickly, but make sure you're declaring the word of God. The Good News Translation says, what you say can preserve life or destroy it, so you must accept the consequences of your words. Your words paint a picture of what's going on in your heart. Amen? Can you see how you must focus a lot of your prayer concerning your heart? David said, Lord, create in me a pure heart and a contrite spirit. Blessed are the pure in heart. Amen? To pray that your heart will not bear grudges. You have to train your heart because this heart naturally wants to keep grudges. Jeremiah says, the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful about all things. But God says, I search the heart to see what's going on here. Your heart will lie to you. That's why you have to view everything in the light of God's word. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God has got the ability to discern the intents and the thoughts of your heart. So if you're thinking things and you want to do things, let the word of God discern those intents that's going on in your heart. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, courageous faith. Tell them again, say, courageous faith. Works through love. That's why I need the Holy Spirit to help me to love everybody. Amen. I'm going to close with the last thing that causes a lot of offense in people's hearts. And that's when you start to compare yourself to others. Comparing yourself to others can cause offense to come into your heart. And that can be a handbrake to your faith. Turn to the person next to you say you're in unique. Tell them there's no competition in destiny. You have your destiny and I have my destiny. I'm going to help you and you have to help me. I have strengths that you don't have and you have strengths that I don't have. But there's no competition in destiny. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel 18, verse 7. So the women sang as they danced, and they said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. I mean, David is not even singing this. People are singing this. Then Saul was very angry. I'm not going to touch on this, but anger is rooted in pride. Anger is rooted in pride. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They've ascribed to David ten thousand, and to me they've ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Can I just say this? Sometimes when people do things wrong, there's something like godly anger. Amen? Children, next time when you're naughty and your parents want to discipline you, don't say they've got pride in their hearts. Amen? That's just a sneaky thing to do. Amen? Just be good. You have the humble heart and obey them. Amen. Today's kids are very, very clever. You have to almost double explain some scriptures for them. Otherwise, they'll use the word of God against you as a parent. Amen. But we will submit to the word of God. Amen. But you first submit to us and the word of God. Amen. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. Wow. This is serious stuff. It happened the next day that the distressing spirit of God came upon Saul. Can I tell you something? Go read Matthew 18, verse 34 to 35. When the man did not want to forgive, he was handed over to the tormentors. Many people say, I have a family curse, I need deliverance. You don't need any of those things. You need to forgive. You need to let go of the offense and the demons will go. Because when you hold offense in your heart, you're inviting tormentors. You don't have to go and judge people. That's Matthew. That's New Testament. 
David had no need to go trouble Saul. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 6 says, it's a righteous thing for God to trouble those who trouble you. What happened here? He started troubling David. And suddenly the guy's got demonic activity in his life. You know what's the irony of this whole thing? David's got the anointing to help him. Every time David plays on his instrument, the devil goes. Sometimes the people that you hate and want to persecute are the very people that can help you. <laughs> but you're so offended you cannot see it. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon him and he prophesied inside the house. So this, this devil even prophesied. So it made Saul look spiritual. But there's nothing spiritual about that. It's distressing him. So David played the music with his hand as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but he had departed from Saul. What does the Bible say? When you don't forgive, you take offense, resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred. What happened here? 1 John teaches us, if you hate your brother, you've become a murderer. Saul, because of this, became a murderer. Saul, because of this hatred, killed 85 priests. Let me tell you something about hatred. If you hate somebody, it will start to have an impact on the relationships around you as well. These priests helped David. When Saul heard about it, he killed all of them. David was persecuted by Saul for a very long time. As a matter of fact, if you go um, look at it, Saul tried to kill David 21 times. 21 times. Turn to the person next to you and say, hatred will make you go crazy. <laughs> hatred will make you do crazy things. That's why you have to guard your heart. People link to that person. Sometimes somebody offends you and now other people that you know are talking to them. Now it's not just you keeping them at a distance. You say, well, I'm not going to talk to you as well. You just stay away from me. And you've disconnected yourself from relationships that could have helped you. People say, I'll never talk to you because you're talking to that person. In your heart, you write the person off. And a month from now, you realize, if I just still had communication and contact with that person, I could have called them. They could have solved this problem for me in two minutes. Now it's going to take me two months to solve this. Hatred turned Saul into a murderer. Do not, because of an offense, become a murderer of souls. Do you know what's the scary part? David could have killed Saul. Go to 1 Samuel 24. Just a few chapters on. 1 Samuel 24 verse 4. Then the men of David said to him, This is the day of which the Lord said to you, Behold, I will deliver your enemy into your hand, that you may do to him as it seems good to you. So they say, do what you think is good. But they're thinking, we're so tired of this man trying to kill us, just kill him. And David arose secretly, cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him. Because he had cut Saul's robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master, the Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. Wow. David has got an opportunity. The guys that are with him say, get him. Kill him. This must be God. God has put him here. 
buddy, this is your chance. Kill him. <laughs> Nobody was going to ask questions. Everybody was going to say it's the Lord's doing. But David understood, Romans 9 verse 1, that his heart, his conscience was the communication point of the Holy Spirit. And even when he cut just a piece of the robe, his heart told him, what you're doing is wrong. But if he had been bitter, he would have faltered everything through bitterness, hatred, and he would have killed him. But because he did not take offense towards Saul, he could stay in his senses and still hear what the Holy Spirit was saying to him. David's greatest test was not killing Goliath. His greatest test was not killing Saul. Nobody would have known. Everybody would have sang his praises and said, you did the right thing. The Lord delivered it, him into your hands. How do I know that? Just go to verse 17. Saul said to David, then he said to David, you are more righteous than I, for you've rewarded me with good, whereas I have rewarded you with evil. And you have shown this day how you have dealt well with me. For when the Lord delivered me into your hand, you did not kill me. His mouth is confessing his own weakness. He says, if it, if it was me, I would have killed you. Because his heart was full of bitterness towards David. If a man finds his enemy, will he let him get away safely? He says, I would not have heard what God said. I've purposed in my heart already, if I find you, I'm going to kill you. Because that bitterness, that hatred made him a murderer. Therefore, may the Lord reward you with good for what you have done to me this day. And now I know indeed that you shall surely be king and that the kingdom of Israel shall be established in your hand. You know what's the heartful thing? David was there to help Saul. The 10,000 was also Saul's victory. The 1,000 was Saul's victory. David was here to help him. Can I tell you something? This is a message for many of you that find yourselves in the marketplace where maybe you have a boss or somebody overseeing you that you know hates you. The Bible says here, David acted more wisely and Saul was aware of it. If you find yourself in a situation like that, don't step into the trap of the enemy and become bitter. God is still going to do what he wants to do. You know what's the heart sore thing? This is chapter 24. David got it right. Chapter 25, he almost missed it. Nabal. He was helping Nabal's servants. Then they treated him badly. Then Nabal, somebody that he doesn't even really know, says, who's David? Everybody these days say there's somebody, but who's he? Everybody, he says, what? You said, what about me? You mean you don't know who I am? I'll show you who I am. Men, get yourself ready. Let's go and sort this guy out. He picked up an offense just like that. He's on his way there. We thank God for godly women. Abigail, Nabal's wife, says, let me just intervene. Sometimes when you get a bee in your bonnet and you just want to go sort out people, listen to the godly woman that's speaking to you. This is for the men. Amen. Don't say amen. Just double blink at me. Amen. <laughs> she stopped him from killing him, but his hard heart still killed him. Go read it. The next chapter after that, again, he doesn't kill Saul. What would have happened if he had allowed that bitterness to grab his heart? Would he not have killed Saul? Would he have become the great king that God called him to be? Would he still have prayed, Lord, create in me a pure heart and a contrite spirit? David knew his relationship with God depended far more on his relationship with people around him than what he realized. People are watching you to see how you will behave. In the marketplace, if there's somebody with a heart 
that is defiling you, don't you step into that as well. Guard your heart and protect your heart. Many of us sitting here, we have a heavy heart. We've been facing some real challenges. We've, we've had a soul throw some spears at us. Say, yes, it's right, not, not twice, pastor, 21 times. I know what it means. 21 reflects that wickedness, that rebellion that was in Saul. Let us not step into that. Amen. Please stand to your feet right now. Before we pray any prayer, I want to pray for those with a heavy heart. I want you to put your hands on your heart. Because offense will come to everybody. Amen. Some of you are saying, but why is it coming to me so often? It comes to everybody. Amen. Put your hands on your heart and pray. Say, precious Father, touch my heart. Cleanse my heart. This situation, Lord. This person, maybe you want to say that person's name. This person made me so angry. I'm not just offended, Lord. I feel I could be bitter towards this person. Forgive me. Forgive me. Sanctify my heart. Cleanse my heart. As Christ has forgiven me, I forgive them. As Christ has forgiven me, I forgive them. Help me, Holy Spirit, to forgive as Christ has forgiven me. Grant unto me a humble heart, a sincere heart, a heart that is quick to forgive, a heart that will not beg grudges. Sanctify my heart by the blood of Jesus and make my heart pure, pure that I may see God, that I may hear Him speak. Sanctify my heart, this communication point. Help me, Lord, to guard my heart, to keep it clean. Place a guard in front of my mouth that I may not say things that will hurt people, that will offend people, but that my faith will work through love and I can edify and build up the body of Christ in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. I know we've taken a little bit more time, but heart surgery is a bit more complicated. Amen. Put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven and pray this prayer out after me. Say, Precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. I am now a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand. Guard your heart. God is taking you from Egypt into the promised land. Your past is over. Don't talk about it anymore. Let it go. Amen. Focus upon the promised land, the things that God has planned for you. When there's giants that want to offend you, situations coming your way, guard your heart. Don't step into that trap and surrender your will to do His will, but continue to do the will of your Master in heaven, pursuing peace with all people, pursuing holiness. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.